1: is there no end to your own hypocrisy You got is power you have no shame your only interest is political game
2: you hide your eyes and refuse to listen you play
1: your game. coming up next america can we talk with your host debbie georgianos
0: And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiades. We're very honored today and to have on our very special Thursday shows uh, a woman who's making, actually who has a viral video from a few years ago, but also is making the rounds in America, talking about one of the most important issues facing America and and the issues that is hard for many people in America to talk about because people aren't sure it's true and that is the growing communism within America and we're going to talk about what she's observed but I want to first introduce her. She's the author of this book. It's called Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. It looks like this. It's a great cover and I ordered mine on Amazon. You can get it all over the place but Amazon has them. And I'm going to, instead of reading a long um, bio, I just want to read the about the author portion in the back of the book um, to introduce her because it really covers the ground. Her name is Shi Van Fleet. She describes herself as Chinese by birth, American by choice, survivor of Mao's Cultural Revolution, defender of liberty. She was born in China, lived through the Cultural Revolution, was sent to work In the countryside at the age of 16 to receive her re-education. After Mao's death, she was able to go to college to study English and she has lived in the United States since 1986. In 2021, she delivered a school board speech in Loudoun County, Virginia against critical race theory that went viral and ignited national conservative media attention. She now devotes her time and energy full-time to warning about the parallels between Mao's cultural revolution in China and what is unfolding in America today, which is America's version of the culture Revolution. I add that part, but that's what she's going to talk about. Since going public with her message, Shee Van Fleet has appeared on Fox News, Newsmax, America Can We Talk, and radio shows and podcasts across the country. Please help me welcome to the show Shee Van Fleet. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm really honored you're here. I know that you have been. Um, You've been on all sorts of shows, and we're gonna, um, and just people across the country talking about your writing and your work, and you know I honestly I think I talked to you about this earlier today, but people who grew up in a country that is Marxist, socialist, communist when they talk about what they're observing in America today, it has more credibility, more uh, people realize, well, maybe, you know, maybe she's right because you actually know uh, what it is you're talking about. And you use the expression, I'm just gonna start with something you said, you use the expression um, at a speech at CPAC. Think of a CPAC here in Dallas. That's the day Um, I met you. Oh, I actually just realized that. OK. Uh, and the, your term was, the communist infiltration of America is complete. So honestly, you grew up under Mao tongue, We'll talk about the Cultural Revolution. But you look around at America. Why do you say that, that the cult, the communist infiltration of America is complete?
2: Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for flying me all the way here to Dallas and in the studio. And, uh, and also, you are my earlier. Um, Cheerleaders, and you encourage me, and you support me, and you invite me to the first live conference as a speaker, and I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. Why do I say that? It's very simple. I lived through Mao's Cultural Revolution, and I know what it is. And now, what's unfolding in front of our eyes, are the same thing. And we can talk in detail, but. That's how I see it. I see it without the slightest doubt because I lived through it.
0: Okay, you certainly did. And I'll tell you the one thing I mentioned in reading your intro from the book, and I do have that clip. Uh, which was your famous presentation at the in Loudoun County at a school board where you were trying to talk to them about the dangers you saw uh, from critical race theory being taught in the schools. It's just a minute long, which I realize they told you last minute you can't have two minutes, you only have one. <laughs> You're trying to but let's quick play that clip and that'll be a good springboard. Do we have that clip ready? We do, Mr. Million. Okay, go ahead.
2: I've been very alarmed about what's going on in our school. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Uh, Growing up in Mao's China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese communist, the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools.
0: Okay, amen to that. Well, as you know, that went viral, and I had the page. See, I have too many stickies. I had the page marked because I want to talk about. This was at a time uh, when critical race theory was just coming on the horizon. People were understanding uh, what was being taught in the public schools, and it was justified or explained by the idea that we're just trying to promote racial understanding. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between promoting racial understanding and what critical race theory was all about? How do you see that?
2: I live through the Maoist Cultural Revolution and it's all about division. Instead of divide the Chinese people by race, because that won't work, right? We're all Chinese. They divided us by class. They divide the entire Chinese population into two classes, black class. And the red class. You can kind of figure out what it means. Red class are the uh, allies of the revolution and the black class are the ones that the enemy of the state. Why? They are the enemy of the state. They have a sin that is wealth. They were the ones that have uh, land or property so they are considered the enemy of the state and it's the identity politics in Mao's China. And so that would not work very well in America because we have a large middle class. And, uh, but Bernie Sanders is still doing it. He still say 1% versus 99%. I know. But it's not as potent as race. That's why they use race to divide people. And they basically do the, uh, 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 did, did the same thing that Mao did. Divided Americans into two classes. White and non-white. White are the uh, oppressors. Non-white are the pre- uh, oppressed, the victim. So w- uh, why do that? To set them, them up against each other. That's the purpose. To divide and in order to conquer and control us.
0: Uh, I, I completely agree um, with that. But you know, it's an interesting thing. We talked about this earlier today too, how, you know, in in communist China, at least they're admitting they're communists. I mean, they, mm-hmm. obviously, the government's saying that's who we are. Mao Zedong came along. He's saying what he's going to do. He's purifying the Cultural Revolution, the Communist Revolution. But in America, it's harder for people to see because the the left in America doesn't run. I mean, a few of them say they're socialists. Bernie Sanders at least admits he's socialist. Mm-hmm. But most of the left, they don't say they're socialists or Marxists or communists. And they are they are very successful i think in convincing people that you know they're just trying to uplift society create understanding and so i first i commend you so much for your bravery in going to that uh, speech but also you know i and i think it is penetrating but what i feel concerned about is the people in our country i mean it's one thing if you are the communist and you know you're using us to divide people but haven't they been successful in convincing a large swath of people who are non-white that their status really is a victim. I mean they're kind of winning that argument in some segments of society right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah actually the culture by the time that Mao launched his Cultural Revolution he has been uh, was in power for 17 years but he used the same ideology to convince a large amount of uh, a, a number of um, Chinese people that uh, that's before he took power to follow him because uh, he was fighting for their rights, for their equality or equity, and said, follow me and I will get free land for you. And it's the same idea, it's just, they are fighting for your rights, they're fighting for on your behalf, that's what we're here in America. They are fighting for equity, so they are fighting for their oppressed and then marginalized the people, the victims. And it's just, a, it's a, the it's a same thing. And uh, the, uh, the nature is the same, to divide and to, uh, to deceive them. That's why communism is hard, because it gives you the most beautiful um, utopian idea. And I feel like uh, if, if you follow them, you're gonna get there and better than what you have now.
0: It is astonishing the parallels between how leftists run campaigns in this country they do they implant in the hearts and minds of people the idea that you know somebody around you or some segment of america is unfair to you you're being deprived of your rights or you're being deprived of your rightful place in our society and vote for us and we'll help you and it's astonishing to me how many people are willing to sign up as victims they're just they're willing to do it with some perceived reward at the end, somehow will make it all fair for you. It, it's astonishing. I know you said more saying say that, but one, you earlier in your book, you talked about the brainwashing that happens in America. And you talked about DEI, CRT, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, uh, CRT, Critical Race Theory, and SEL, which is Social and Emotional Learning. Mm-hmm. You see all of those as components of the Cultural Revolution in America, is that right?
2: Yes, absolutely. And it really, you boil it down, it is, um, the, uh, the ideology of uh, um, oppressors versus oppressed. That's how they see everything. That is the Marxist lens. Once you have that lens on or the world view, you see everything. You see that uh, uh, if people are successful, it's a problem. They are, um, th- yeah, they, they are uh, oppressors. If they are smart, uh, in, yeah, they are oppressors. That's how they see everything. So I tell people now, okay, they're going after um, the white, and then they're going after the Asians. Why? Because what's supposed to, when I got here, I said, okay, now I was considered minority. I was considered the oppressed. No, 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 not anymore. The Asians were considered white adjacent because we're too successful
0: quite adjacent i want to jump on that term as a great term you had in your book mm-hmm. the notion that you can no longer i mean many in the asian community in america don't really see themselves as oppressed because mm-hmm. as you're saying they're so successful so the masterminds of all this had to say okay actually these folks over here never mind about that they're not they're not they're they're white kind of like they're white adjacent yeah. mm-hmm. and and this is what happened at harvard with a student the litigation at harvard over exactly. yeah white students yeah. saying or asian students saying you know we're being discriminated against, yeah. because we actually did well on testing and do well in exactly. school. And-
2: exactly. What the, uh, this ideology hates is people who are successful, who work hard, and that is the problem. So their goal is to um, bring it, bring them down. So equalize everything. So they never leave up to leave people, they bring everyone down. That's communism.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing is, when you bring people down, if you denigrate the idea of self reliance, success, achievement, hard work, and you make people feel like, well, none of that is allowed or justified, you enhance dependence on the government. You yes. make everyone feel like, well, you know, I, I can't really succeed, and the government's telling me I can't. And so they're growing their own power by instilling fear and insecurity in the stu- in, in the population.
1: Correct? Yeah,
2: we talk a lot, you know, through our discussion. <laughs> yeah. So communism is really just about control. Whatever they do, the goal is to control the population, and it's always about power. And so um, that's why they, they, uh, um, you know people know that Chinese are well known in outside China as the hardworking people. Right. But during my uh, time in Mao's China, the Chinese turned out to be the laziest people. Because why? Why work hard? Whatever you do, whatever you contribute, whatever you create, it's not yours. Yeah. So that's something people don't understand. Socialism, communism, and really, really um, bring the worst out of people and uh, suppress the best in people.
0: Absolutely true. You know, I was going to mention something that we um, also talked about earlier, but how, you know, on my show and many other shows around the country, people are talking about the rising power of the uh, CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, their agenda, who they're after what they want to try to accomplish. And and they are after America. They have announced they intend to be the world's single superpower. But you were making a point, a big distinction, and I want to let you talk about that here, that yes, it is true what the CCP does today. They would like to take down America. They would like to control America. But that's not the source of our that's not the only source of our problem in America. We have communists here, the communist ideology that is not that it is uh, unto itself bringing yeah. forth. this. New, I'd love to have you talk about that a little bit. Yes. It's not just CCP.
2: I think this is the misconception and not a lot of Americans uh, ask me this question. How did CCP brought all this chaos or this awokeness in America? And this is something that's important to understand wokeism or the American version of the Cultural uh, Revolution is home growing. It has been here for decades and uh, this is uh, something a lot of people uh, are not aware. Um, the uh, first uh, Marxist revolution took place in Russia, that was 1917. Two years later, uh, CPUSA, Communist Party USA was founded. Four years later, 1921, Communist Chinese Communist Party was founded. So you had a head start. You started here earlier and those people never stopped working. They always, always pushed communism in America and so jump uh, forward to 1930s. We have a group of uh, Marxists and they came here. Uh, They came from uh, Germany to escape the Nazi persecution. They are devoted cultural Marxists. They are called the Frankfurt School. And uh, where did they uh, uh, settle? They settled in the heart of American civilization, New York City, Columbia University. Since then, they have never stopped pushing that. And then they have successfully took over our academia and they have been able to generate or create generations of Marxists. And a lot of people think woke is the first time that uh, the Cultural Revolution took place here. No, this is the second wave. The first wave is in the 60s and 70s. It's called counterculture.
0: Yeah, yeah, you actually make an excellent point, and you, you draw that historical parallel throughout your book, uh, that idea that the 60s and 70s, and people kind of thought, okay, we had a crazy time, and they were into free love and, and you know, drug use and, and you know, just, just kind of a valueless mess of a society, but that, and they were anti-war, but they, we got to the end of that, and we thought, okay, then thank goodness that loopy period's over, we're going to go on with America. But those people didn't go away. And you exactly. actually talk about where they ended up. Those yeah,
2: they ended up in universities as tenured professors. And this is something that is uh, it's chilling to think about it. And uh, during the 60s and 70s, Mao launched the Chinese Cultural Revolution yeah. across the big pond yeah. <laughs> yeah. in America. You had your own or we had our own cultural revolution. The goal is the same free love and uh, just absolutely um just attack on the uh, the traditional value the attack on uh, christianity it is absolutely a cultural revolution okay so
0: you've talked about in your book you actually i've meant to the chapter titles in front of me but you talk about cancel culture uh, that as you have a chapter on that chapter seven that was one something that you know that language i'm not sure when it became popular in the last five years maybe yeah, so I know something like that cancel culture came along and it was like an alertness within mm. the american people wait a minute we're not no, any longer having debates between i believe in this policy but you believe in that policy it isn't like that anymore it's more just you're with us the left mm. or you're going to be canceled shut down mocked ridiculed mm. lose your job and, and so and people just it was such a blowback against having any alternative opinion and it I, I, again, you I tie, tie it back to this communist ideology growing in America. I love to have you talk about that, yeah,
2: too. Yeah, uh, when I see cancel culture, I said, OK, now they have a name. We had also had the name in China. It's called uh, Abolish the Four Olds. Yeah. Old culture, old idea, old custom, and old habits. And it's very specific. Well, what can that be? That's the Chinese civilization that has to be destroyed. Why? Because if you want to put your ideology, which is Maoism, as the ideology of the land, you have to get rid of all the past, all the history. Erase everything. So that is uh, the Mao's cancel culture. So he had the Red Guards um, going after statues. Now it's very familiar to American, um, yeah, uh, statues has to come down because that stands for the past the bad, and then the, uh, the backward, you know, backwardness that has to get rid of, and then they change names. Names of streets, that was, uh, was not revolutionary enough, it's not politically correct. Change uh, institution names, change food, brand names, restaurant, everything. They examine everything using this lens called critical theory. Critical theory really means You challenge everything, you question everything, your goal is to destroy everything, to replace it with something new. And in China, it's very clear, Maoism, the most radical version of Marxism, and how about here? They are trying to destroy everything, burn it down, and build back, not better, but build back communistic.
0: Absolutely true. You know, the parallels, I mean, they are kind of, they, they make you alarmed the more you read in your book about the parallels to American society and, and what happened in communist China. And this critical, I remember when critical racer came along, someone was saying, well, it's just, Critical theory mm-hmm. is, and you elaborated well a moment ago earlier about this idea. It's just critical of everything that is a norm, everything, everything that is yeah. real about America. Yeah. So you, 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 it applies to this adjustment of race. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of of, um, of and gender. Mm-hmm. The idea that you're going to, you know, we don't any longer believe we have two genders. We have or yeah. two sexes. We have whatever the number is now. I mean, it is. Destroying your belief in the very foundation of everything about America.
2: Everything about even not about everything that's been considered normal for Humanity in the past few thousand years A man is a man a woman is a woman you challenge that and you question that so it's the uh, Foundation of any society and the question so critical theory is basically you just Destroy all the past And here's my i'm going to probably make this point a
0: bunch of times but i feel like in our country there are the the ideological leaders behind it you know you were talking about beginning back in america in the 1920s the communist you know long march through the institutions and various organizations in the country that spread communist ideology so there are the bad actors or in my they are bad actors and they mean to do harm but you have millions of americans duped by it, not seeing what it is. They think they're, well, this is the new way we do things now. Who knew? I mean, you see more acceptance of, you know, the endless number of genders they create and you think, well, maybe I didn't understand. Maybe I'm ignorant. I mean, it has been a, um, it's, it's startling and alarming that you don't see enough people. Um, you do see some people drawn into it. So, you know, and what I want to commend about your book is the only way to attack that is to expose it to have people yeah, see, yeah. oh, I, I got duped by this, yeah. I, I got, this yeah. is the
2: very uh, term progressive is de- deceptive. It's not progressive, it's regressive. Yes. And, but they use all those beautiful terms. And so in, you, you, they challenge all the norms. So did uh, Mao during the Cultural Revolution. Here we have uh, endless gender, right? You can have like a 300 or more endless genders. And in China, China become genderless. We're taught there's uh, no difference between men and women. Women can do anything men can do and can do it even better. So, So we're encouraged to think like men, act like men, look like men, and be men. So we become genderless. It's the same thing, it's just different variation. That is so interesting, too.
0: Uh, We have so many things I want to hit. This is a a problem when you write a really good book. There's too many things to talk about. I do want you to share the idea, though. You wrote about a struggle session Mm -hmm. and um, what that was under Mao. What's a struggle session? And then the parallel things happening today. What was a struggle session?
2: Struggle session? Yeah. (laughs) That's, uh, unfortunately, that become a term known to more and more Americans because it's taking place here. Yeah. Struggle session in the earlier uh, time after the uh, uh, CCP took over China is uh, the struggle of the rich by the poor. So it's a like a public trial. And so the guilty one will stand on the stage or so, and then the arrest will denounce it, uh, denounce the, the person, and, uh, and many of them end up in, uh, in violence, some of the landlords were just killed right on the spot. Yep. So at least you can see that's the pattern. So is guilty, and then they need to be denounced. Not just denounced, but denounced publicly. It's a humiliation. Humiliation, yeah. Yeah. So in the, during the Cultural Revolution, the, uh, the person being denounced has changed. It's no longer the people that with uh, land. It's people with power. They were the ones taken down by the Red Guards because Mao considered them enemies. So denunciation, same thing, but it's more than that because the struggle session is something that is really the essence of communism. So as little kids, we're in the classroom. We had what's called a political study every week. We have to go all, uh, through a milder version of struggle session and it's called criticism and self-criticism. So the the formula is that we will read, we would read a piece of uh, instruction from Mao, and then you go and say, criticize yourself. You say, according to that instruction, I did not do well in this aspect and that has, I should do better. And then you go and criticize your classmate. I saw you saying this that day, doing this the other day, According to the instruction, you should do better. So it's going around and around and around. So that is really the key. The key is what? To control your, uh, your, your thought. There's only one version of the uh, right way of thinking, right way of talking, and that is really what Struggle session is about. Now we have this DEI, right? If you're white, commit your sin. That you must be racist, even if it's just a flashing thought. That's my neighbor told me. And it must be one time you have some racist thought, and you have to confess it, and you have a, you have a plan how you deal with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it reminds me of the, uh, the way cancel culture worked, and then how this whole white supremacy uh, argument ar- arose, and white privilege to the point that the colleges, kids going off to college, were told, check your white privilege at the yeah. door. This might be the most humble young man or woman who's, you know, spend their entire high school doing volunteer work in poor communities or something, doesn't matter. The skin color, and you use an expression about that, is you wake up guilty. You wake up yeah. guilty. You don't even, doesn't matter how. you're born
2: guilty. You're born guilty, yeah. yeah. You, you, you have no control. Like in China, if your parents were classified as black class and they, that become part of yourself, that's something you pass down to your children and the children's children. And that is absolutely the same thing, born guilty.
0: Yeah, we're going to get to how we get out of this, because I do, I mean, all these things, I just think your insights, your observations are just tremendous. I do want to get to how we get out of this. But I do want to talk about a few more things. Uh, you also mentioned, because it, the parallels, as you drew them out in your book, uh, for a, at some point Mao decided to shut the schools down for mm-hmm. almost two years, so there was no school. And so and the parents are off in some, Camp or doing whatever, doing, and you had a lot of freedom. And then school started again, and what you were learning in school, instead of you know, chemistry book and biology, and math, whatever it was, is just Mao's little red book. Yeah. So it was just Mao's writings, Mao's dictation, mm-hmm. di- uh, dictates. And then, but you, the point I'm to get to is even when they said, okay, now we're going to have math books again, or whatever it was, the math problems were premised off of, and examples of, and tied to. Mao's Little Red Book. Yes. So what does that remind you of in America today?
2: In America today, (laughs) the same thing. People say uh, critical race theory is not taught in school. That's true. Not taught as a course. (laughs) But it is baked into everything, everything um, they teach. And the problem is you may not find it in the curriculum. They said math part two, critical race theory. No, no, no it's baked in, in everything that it's called infiltration, right? It's yes. everywhere. And then the, the thing to understand is that that, is li- uh, that ideology lives in the minds of the Marxist teachers. Yeah, you can't get it, it, it's there. You can, they can talk to the students about pizza and then the Marxist ideology, the critical race theory will come out. And then there are examples like uh, um, the teachers uh, just ask you, uh, what did you do this summer? Uh, and some, some says, oh, we went to Disneyland. Some say, we stayed home, we have no money. See, why you, uh, uh, why you have no money? Oh, my parents, you know, have two jobs. Do you know that is called oppression or exploitation? You work hard, your parents work hard, and they could not afford to take you to Disneyland. And then the one you, uh, that took you, um, that could afford, and then you're the explorer so yep. they can just they can talk about it introduce that idea to kids on any topic that is the problem i've
0: also seen writing prompts you know they are encourage young people to learn how to write the writing prompt is Many Americans have suffered uh, because of white privilege. Explain why that happened and how to make it better. I mean, they are as blunt as that, yeah, as yeah, overt yeah, as that. Yeah. It's the most astonishing thing. So schools are a problem. You also had, you made an observation I wanted to sh- uh, have you talk about a little bit here. So you came to America, you're after college, you're a young woman and um, you, know, you went, you a lot of adventures here, but one of your first observations was the difference in how many choices mm-hmm. and how many how many choices people had whether it was grocery store um, you know what to do today I mean people had choices and no one seemed to be dictating where you could shop and where you had to work and where you had to live and what you had no, that choices thing and then the, your similar one you even had you had the term opinions were abundant
2: yeah, yeah. people yeah and and just talk about a little how different that was in China This is something without comparison, I would never even notice that I had no choices because that's the norm. I was told what to do, I was told what I can think, I was told what to say, not to say, and uh, my family was told where they live, where we we could live, how much food we can have, everything, everything is controlled. And when I finally get to go to college and graduate from college, I was given a job. Because there's no such thing as a choose a career, so and I was just like I uh, never thought much about it. That's just the way it was. And so when I came here and went to college, I had to choose how many co- what courses I have to take. I was like, <laughs> a, you know, just bewildered. Yeah. I was always told, "These are the courses you take. This is what you do. It's, yep. Everything is um, is controlled by the party." and then go to grocery store, that was wild, you know. Like a, <laughs> so many brands, and I, I, this is kind of funny. So I went to a, a Sears in, the, in my little town that, that I went to in Green, Kentucky. So I want to buy a pair of stocking. so I just bought it, you know. And because in China it's one size, so I just bought it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, there's so many size. When I got home, it was so little. And then I was reading, <laughs> it's small. And I, I, of course, I have no concept. But yeah. it's just like a, the choice. And in a way, that is a, choice is freedom. And yes. it can be small, it can be big. But in communist country, that was absent. That was absolutely absent.
0: Yeah, that, I didn't know the stocking, that's really I, good. OK, well, yeah, that was just about opinions You know, in America. Opinions, yeah,
2: can I talk about that? Absolutely. Yeah, we were taught that uh, you know, this is the way to think. And, uh, and I never questioned it. So came here and uh, so it's just everyone has an opinion. I was like, what's wrong with Americans? Why they have so many opinions? Everybody seems to have an opinion. And uh, so uh, especially in the early days when I see people debate, I was like, he's right. He's right too, he's right. <laughs> I don't know, it's just uh, when you have no information, when everything is controlled, you can't think critically. You just can't. Yeah. Critical thinking depends on access of information, right? You have different sides, and then you take a look, and then you come up with your own analysis. And in communist country, no, it's just one, and that's how they control you. And uh, and that's what we are doing. We're seeing here in America, there's only one way that's correct. The woke way is correct. Otherwise, you're a hater. Otherwise, you're a racist. You're a bigot, You're an extremist. Absolutely true.
0: And, you know, it's interesting, because in America, we have the First Amendment that says you, know, you have freedom of speech, but that's really intended to protect you mm-hmm. um, against the government. I mean, mm-hmm. if the government can't, isn't supposed to be able to say you can't think that, or they we have freedom of speech and assembly and religion, all that. But that's just protect you against the government. But part of what's occurred in America is like you talk about expressing opinions and getting belittled. I mean, much of the shutting down of varying opinions Is done by the supposed private sector it's done by media it's done by schools it's done kind of by culture and society like if you were to say you know i actually think critical race theory is dangerous and and communist i mean maybe you can say that now more but for a lot of it was it was unacceptable. And it wasn't that you got arrested, it was that you got just marginalized. Or if you say, for example, you know, I mean, I can run through a whole bunch of them that we try to say, I think there are only two sexes, mm-hmm. male and female. I think that people who claim that they are transgender, they have a mental illness. And I feel sorry for them. i like to give them that help, but I don't want to indulge it. I mean, those things are, are unacceptable to say. So I'm getting at this communist ideology has invaded, even in the private sector, how we treat each other.
2: Yes, and I think, just thinking back, let's say 15 years ago, if you said something kind of controversial, uh, they will call you racist. And that's pretty much just where it stopped. And then the majority of the people just kind of uh, obeyed, okay, conformed, okay. so I don't see anything like that anymore. And so you know what happened later? If you say the same thing, let's say 10 years later, you may lose your job. Yes. And you may lose your livelihood. Now, if you say the same thing, you know what? You might end up in jail. And that's how it progressed. And I would say, if we still, there are a lot of people still there not to say anything. The next time you want to say something, you may lose your freedom. Mm -hmm. And then then the next step, you may lose your life. And that's what happened in communist China.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find this great list you created, um, all the ways in which. In which we've been divided and and then because the division has been created and the rules been laid down what it is you're allowed to say Mm -hmm. and what you're supposed to think Mm -hmm. and it is so much easier to comply you can see how communists win eventually Mm because it's so much easier to comply. Most people have the, or many have the sense, long as I can go to my job, get a paycheck, get home, put dinner on the table, mm-hmm. You know, I don't really care what everybody else is talking about, and, and I don't really care whether I'm being shut down. Okay, I'm not gonna find that list fast enough. Uh, oh, I, I
2: remember. <laughs> you have
0: it memorized? Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a interesting thing to, uh, to, to know, that in China, Mao always uh, mobilized the majority against a small group of people. It's always that way, yeah. And uh, here, it's the opposite. It's uh, they mobilize a small minority and go after majority. And uh, so I think that's one of the reasons they're working so hard to expand that minority, and uh, which is marginalized people, oppressed people, victim, so they go from class to race, to gender, to sexuality, to um, able or not able. If you're disabled, you get one point up. Yeah, so if you are able-bodied, you become oppressor. Just being able-bodied can qualify you as oppressor. They go after religion. If you're Christian, you're your, oppressor. Your problem. Yeah. yeah, if you are other religion, you are the victim. So they go on and on. The last thing we saw is if you're waxed, va- um, uh, and then you are um, you are not vexed, then you are the the problem. So they keep keep doing that. They will continue to keep doing that because they de- depend on it to divide us. Yeah.
0: They do, and I will say on that subject. I found the list by the way. <laughs> okay. It's page 109. They will ever <laughs> ask you again. Okay. But I mean, it's, it's a really good list. I mean, yeah. you went you hit most of them. Yeah. But what again? It gets you around this idea that I everyone really everyone hates the feeling that you're being played. I mean, finally, if we figure out someone's playing me, they're twerking me around and I'm reacting. And you want to fight back. But these things, all these, you know, you have class, sex, sexuality, gender, religion, ableism, Wait, goes on. Body weight. Oh, you, body
2: weight. Yeah, yeah. If you are fit, you're a presser. You, you, if you're yeah. overweight, you're yes. oppressed. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: and But I mean, yeah, yeah it, it truly is remarkable. And you don't want to be the one who's being viewed as as the oppressor mm-hmm. and and you certainly don't want to be the one who's gonna be mocked and canceled. So all of these categories, I mean they're they're getting to success by creating these divisions, but we don't see it as that. We see it as though they're just trying to stand up for people who have a struggle and this waking up of America to to move from seeing individual issue by issue to seeing we this is a communist infiltration, an ideological infiltration of our society, mm-hmm. We're at war internally in America. Is that too strong?
2: It's, no, it's exactly what it is. Uh, it's just, you know, when I started, that was uh, 2021, I started to use the word communism. I was advised by a lot of people don't use that word. People said, you know, it's kind of crazy. Communism, that's, that's gone, that's in the past, it's Cold War. It's nothing to do with today's America. But I said, it is communism because that's what I experienced. So I keep saying it, and now you're today. You hear it, people saying it. I'm so glad to hear uh, Mike Johnson, our new speaker. He used the word Marxist, Marxism and uh, communism in his speech and also in his interviews. Yeah, he's and, brave. Uh, he's... Now it's people really start to realize uh, this is a communist takeover of our country. But I have to say, they're not really trying to build a communist society as we kind of uh, know from the textbook everything's equal what it's just a tactic the tactic of communism of Marxism has proven to be so effective of deceiving people mobilizing people divide people Mm -hmm. to start a revolution to overthrow the system whatever system you want to that is uh, important to know it's the tactic they will never uh, try to build a, a society of equity, forget it, it's just a way, a way to get people behind them. Yeah, just like China, that's exactly the same idea they uh, um, told the Chinese uh, uh, peasants and who helped Mao get power. What happened to them? Yes, yeah, they have equity, the equity of misery, of poverty, and starvation, that's what they got.
0: Okay, you, know, you do. You're really active on Twitter, and I meant to mention that mm-hmm. at the start of this. Um, I mean, really active on Twitter, and recently I've noticed you've gone beyond. I mean, you're very good at pointing out things that are occurring. This is really an aspect of communism. This is how how people who are communists trying to divide us. But you recently put a tweet up. This is the first one about the New World Order. You retweeted somebody else about the New World Order. Okay, and the reason I want to ask about this is that so you retweeted, and this is um, on Twitter. She is at X Van Fleet. There's no either X, X if you're on Twitter, it's a great account to follow at X fan Fleet. So this is James Woods putting up this thing. This is basically the New World Order agenda, agenda 21 now agenda 2030. The mission, the goals, and it is a you know laundry list of things that would destroy America. And if it's hard to see from where you are, it has one world government. I'm not going to read them all, but cashless currency disaster, mm-hmm. you know, world central bank, no thank you, one world military, end of national sovereignty, all of that. So you're retreating this now so are you beginning in your talks to talk about the new world order agenda as part of it yeah yes absolutely
2: this is too long a list to remember just remember one Mm -hmm. word control it's all about control why they hate freedom if you have freedom they don't have control right that's why they want to take away our freedom so you can try to remember i don't remember all the points but control is the goal it
0: is. And this notion that, and again, the way the left sells their ideas is sold as progress. We are not going to be so provincial, old fashioned, having sovereign nation states, mm-hmm. individual countries. That's so yesterday's yeah, news. Exactly. This is the way of the future. A new world order. Or it's a coming together. It's a banding together. I mean, it just it's sold in such glowing terms. It's the loss of your freedom, yeah, period. Exactly. Yeah. And
2: all of you, all of us will have oh nothing and be happy. Have you heard that? Yeah. And that's what uh, happened to Chinese, including me. We had nothing, and we, are f- we were forced to be happy.
0: You thought you were yeah. happy, though. I mean, yeah. at some no, no, point. No, 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 uh,
2: no. Even, uh, even if you're not, you have to show you're happy. You say you're happy. Yeah, yeah. if yeah. you showed that you were dissatisfied and you were showing you're you res- resentful, you're a problem. You are the resistance. You'll be taken care of.
0: Okay, the next tweet, I love you retweeted because it has a great point to it. This is the second one with the mob. This is when um, I think Ivanka was going in to testify in the trial against Mm -hmm. Trump. And someone put a video up, which we're not going to play, but it just is. You know, and every other, I mean, just how it happens so often we lose sight of it or we don't really react to it. So Ivanka Trump is going to testify in her dad's trial. And there's an instant mob surrounding her, screaming, yelling, and who knows what they were saying. But, you know, this Simon, I don't know how to say that last name, Adeba, but he he said, are these people hired? The people are yelling fraud family at Ivanka Trump as she enters the courthouse. Do they just say, okay, now that Trump is testifying today, we're all going to show up? And you actually tweeted, you, she uh, fleet just like the CCP, the left seldom goes after just their political enemies. They're also the Emily's families, associates, supporters, and sympathizers. And this is in Mao's China, the purge of one person. So the left hates Trump. We know mm-hmm. this. So they show a mob shows up to mock and, and yell at Ivanka Trump. Yeah. So I love to just talk about how yeah. that ties into in, communism
2: in China or in communist country. They never just same thing. They never just when uh, went after one individual who were they considered enemy. It's everything about that individual, the family, relatives, uh, associates, their uh, businesses. friends, <laughs> everything. And, and, and I said it's very common in during most China that uh, uh, the one purge, a, a purge of one individual were involved in eventually up to hundreds of people who associate with that person, including those who did not, who are not quick enough to denounce that person or to cut ties with that person. So that's exactly the communist tactic it absolutely is and that
0: happens in america in all sorts of ways you mentioned the term about cutting ties quickly enough you know they find something someone said you know uh decades ago some politician said and everyone who's ever ever you know tweeted in favor of that guy is supposed to quickly denounce this is terrible t- they're supposed to and, and people they get conditioned to go i don't want to be attacked mm-hmm. and they just they just go that's how you get silenced all
2: quiet. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah absolutely yeah, one other thing um you had um There was a tweet, this is the fourth one, actually, Emilio, the goal of DEI. And I thought that, I mean, your, your Twitter, you should read her Twitter feed, it's so much fun. Anyway, so Barry Weiss, I don't have to say her name, but yeah. she's, uh, yeah. she, I saw a worldview that replaced the basic ideas of good and evil with a new rubric, the powerless are good and the powerful are bad. So she's a former lefty. She Who, is a,
2: um, a writer for New York Times. Right. Because and for, she's not woke enough, she was kicked out.
0: Right. Yeah. So the ultimate goal of DEI is to take down the most powerful in the United States of America. We have to abolish DEI. So you are, you're quoting Barry Weiss, but this is you saying this, the ultimate goal of DEI. It is the most amazing thing. It's hard to speak up in public venues and say, take this down because someone says, oh, so you're a racist. You don't care about, you know, some other ethnic or racial group, but this is the way they divide us. So I I like that Barry Weiss woke up Mm because she got fired and she's, but she's also been out there saying some pretty Mm -hmm. great things too. And and you going after that and just saying, you have to be that bold.
2: Yeah. And also just absolutely remember all this uh, uh, woke, you know, DEI, whatever. Well now they look like they, they, they are after the white, you know, as oppressor. But they really after one thing, the ultimate oppressor. That is the United States of America and the West. That is their real goal
0: is take down the West, yeah. yeah. You wrote in your book, too, about tax on Christianity, attacks on the family. Um, I want to make sure our, our audience has a chance to ask questions, but you have great coverage of those issues, attacks on the family. Uh, and I, I think that's really important because when I first started hearing people say, oh, they're coming after the family, you know, you're rational. People go, well, who's they? What do you exactly mean? I mean, you know, this happened here and this happened here, but who's the they doing all this? It takes you a while to realize it is actually an intentional orchestrated, ongoing for decades, attack on family, attack on Christianity. This makes the left, gives the left power. And it's not that they all sat down in a dark room 100 years ago and devised a plan going forward. It's the mentality, the, yeah. the, the ideology.
2: And it's not uh, what we said. It's what they said. It's in the uh, uh, Communist Manifesto. And they clearly said that. Three goals of communism, about, um, abolition of uh, Private property, abolition of religion, and abolition of family.
0: Communist Manifesto. That you're quoting. Yes. Okay. It's from
2: Marx, written by Marx more than a hundred years ago.
0: And you know, it's really interesting because this, especially this transgender movement, Mm -hmm. that has torn apart families and churches Mm -hmm. and schools and communities Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's being painted as well. This is. Something they are and they're suffering and it's like getting after kids who are left-handed or something, Mm -hmm. you know If you're critical, it gets you to where you just feel like I mean, I think many parents Especially if they're concerned about losing custody of a child. They go, okay I'll go along with this, but a societal, you know uprising against it is needed And, and and a reassertion of the role of family, the primacy of family, and in the case of Christianity, reassertion of the idea of man and woman created by God. I mean, that whole identity needs to be reasserted boldly.
2: Yes. And you understand why, right? Why they are after family. Because family is the building blocks of any society. If you want to bring down a society, you go after the family.
0: Absolutely. You also had Grace about second wave feminism. We can't get to that because I do want to give our audience. But it was a great point of what second wave feminism was versus original feminism. Um, I do. And maybe we'll get a question on that. But I wanted to say before we turn to our audience asking questions. Mm -hmm. So you've exposed. I mean, it's a fabulous book. Exposed so much. So what is it, Americans who read this? What are they supposed to do?
2: I know after all that what do we do yeah. yeah and actually every day I get that question from uh, uh, from Twitter follower. what do we do yeah I I, I don't have already you know uh, a prescription and, and, but we do um, have to do a few things the first is to understand and that's what my book is about you can't fight anything that you don't understand right you have to understand what you're fighting for and this give people understanding what we are dealing with is not some lefty going crazy. Oh, They'll probably come to their senses, no. What we're dealing with is a full-blowing Marxist revolution. Right so, here in
0: America, right now. Right
2: here, right in front of us. And so you understand, and then you, 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 you share, you expose it. Everyone has a circle of influence, and you share with uh, people you know and help them to understand, and, uh, and then we resist. And the easiest way to resist, the easiest step is don't go along with the lies. Yeah, even if you're just being quiet, you're not repeating the lies. That is the easiest way, and of course we need more than that, but at least hopefully most people can do that. Because a lot of people are lying so that they show that they are on the right side of the, uh, uh, of the history. And, and then we have to get organized. We absolutely have to get involved and get organized and join the local organization and participate in local, 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 local politics. Get the right people in school board, support the right candidates. That's how we take back this country.
0: Yeah, maybe a lot of people in this audience are all part of that. <laughs> um, you know. Okay, so we have uh, the opportunity to ask questions. You one more point that you said, you know, t- to the point about speaking up, um, is that if you, you often what the leftist, uh, Marxist takedown tries to do is convince you that you're alone. You're the only one who's thinking differently here. But when you speak up, other people here go, "Hey, wait, I- I'm with her. I'm with, they-, they want someone to voice it first, and all of you guys are ladies and gentlemen you're all very wise very smart and you're speaking up it might just might embolden the next person because i do believe what you did at that loudon county school board and other parents speaking up people in this room it is contagious courage is, gets contagious is, and yeah. people understand it more and then i think wow not only we're we not alone we might be the majority which i think we really are the sane americans are the are. majority yeah, yeah but that that speaking up to start with is huge okay we do have questions here we go thank you
1: is this on? So. oh thank you so much i'm janet um yes i first saw you at the at your pre, at the press conference for the loudon county and you inspired me to go and speak to school boards oh, and so i you. i thank you so much for your um <clears throat> the power that you have however um i i'd like to talk and help people understand what's really going on But when the veil is down, you know, when they are just totally in unbelief, I mean, what other, is there any other uh, ways that I can help motivate people? Because it's so difficult. I can't change anyone. It's very
2: difficult. I'm telling you, it happened within my family. Yes, it's just that difficult. Yeah, it's that difficult. Okay, so I I do uh, know that I have something special. That is, I have the lived experience, using their term. And so I know that my voice become more and more matter because people say, listen to her. She know what she's talking about because she lives through it. Because of that, I know that I, I need to do more. And I'm doing more, everything I can to wake up people. It is difficult. That totally, totally with you.
1: Well, thank you as, as well. Um, you know, China cannot understand how a little tiny country like Israel has become one of the largest uh, economies in the world. Mm-hmm. Little tiny country. I have been in Israel, and when I go to buy gifts to bring home, they're made in China. Okay. Items are made in China. Mm-hmm. And there was a good relationship. However, I think China can't understand how a little tiny country which started off as a socialist country uh, in terms of uh, the kibbutzim, which was a socialist way of developing this, the state of mm-hmm. Israel after 1948, how be- it became a capitalist country. Mm-hmm. And now with the rise of antisemitism, which is rampant, and how they're making the victims are the Palestinians instead of the Israelis that mm-hmm. were mutilated, how would you address this, thank you.
2: Yeah, th- this is uh, a issue I've been talking in, in the recent uh, days. And, uh, and some people just find that kind of strange. Uh, the same people, the, the uh, pro-transgender people, they cry, they cry, you know, injustice when someone misgendered them, right? This is violence, this is not acceptable. And yet, turn around, they support the atrocity by terrorism, but, it 's not surprising when you, when you understand what is the uh, operating system the uh, the work on oppressor and oppressed so it's the education system have produced a generation of uh, uh, young people that can think because they do not need to think they only need to have a trigger word bad guy, good guy that 's it okay right now Israel is the bad guy so then off to the ground and off to the street and demonstrate against. That is the problem. No thinking involved. And, uh, and I also, I, I think this is a, um, a good, good example to show people that woke is absolutely a monster. It will eat its own. I'm sure among the protesters for BMM, for transgender ideology, there are a lot of Jewish young people. They were the progressives. And now all of a sudden, they, found they become the oppressors. Yeah, and that is how the, uh, the uh, woke works. So this, I hope people really pay attention mm-hmm. and understand. Yeah. Hello, thank you. Is it on? Thank you so much. Um,
0: very interesting. So first, I'd like to invite you to my house for Thanksgiving because I need you to talk to my family. <laughs> <laughs> we're all coming over. Yes, yeah, you can all, all, all come to my house <laughs> and we can have her. <laughs> Seriously though, I mean, I have family members as well, and 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 this is my frustration. You run into people who are,
2: it's the convenience thing. We're talking, going back to compliance, right? Do not comply, which many in my circle did not comply with the masks and the vaccines and all of that stuff. But a lot of people,
0: even in my family did, and their response is, oh, you know, for instance, in the, with the vaccine, I just, I wanna be able to travel, or, oh, I just don't wanna mess with it. And, you know, I just wanna be able to go in and get my stuff at Costco, and so I'll just wear the mask. What do you say to those people? That the, the convenience factor seems to be the driving force behind all of this compliance. I know. And I don't know how to answer that.
2: Yeah, I, I tell those people like, uh, you know, I just want to travel, so I take vaccine. You know what, when they, the elite have total control of power, you can't travel because that is uh, bad for the environment. So everything that they're doing to try to control you, if you comply, you're not gonna get freedom. In the end, you're going to lose everything. You're going to lose security and freedom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have a good idea for what people could do with their families. You all, buy them all this book, <laughs> everyone for Christmas. You know what they think that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. One quick, short question. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you for speaking up and and sharing your book.
1: And I'm definitely going to go buy it. Um, one of the things that we're, we're with citizens defending freedom. And so it's, it does a lot with the local, Mm -hmm. uh, the local government, the, the school boards, the commissioner's courts, the, you know, city councils.
2: Mm -hmm. But one of the things we found uh, is lacking is the churches, the churches are staying silent. And in America,
1: if the churches spoke up, we would not be in this mess. I believe if the churches became powerful like they could be
2: and really speak to the people that are in the pews and ignite them mm-hmm. to get involved in their, in their local yes. and mm-hmm. civic duties,
1: we would be done with this mess. Uh, what is your thought of that?
2: I thought a lot about it, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I think the we're today is because church has been weakened so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I talk yeah. to people yeah. who really focus on this topic they say probably less than 15% churches are actually fighting against the wokeism. Yeah. That's how sad it is. And you can talk about uh, the uh, the speech.
0: I will, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know, I will, and actually, this is great, we just about out of time, but uh, I mentioned before we started today that Eric Metaxas spoke in the event yesterday, uh, and he's, he, he's a talk show host, but he's also the author of Letter to the American Church, and his speech yesterday, he was basically saying, you know, the churches, he, he was analogizing the church's silence or complicity now to what happened in World War II or prior World War II in Germany, where there were just a majority of churches, go along to get along, don't speak up. A, a segment of them actually sided with the Nazis and just said, okay, whatever you tell to do, we'll say, they w- went with the Nazi message. Uh, a small percentage went with Bonhoeffer and said, you know, uh, whatever it takes, we'll fight, we'll stand up, we're with you. And a vast majority of them just said, you know, we're just going to be quiet because we want to keep safe. And he's saying, no more time to keep safe. He's very much raising the alarm bell, as you are, as I have, many other talk show hosts about the danger to America. So I, I suggest Eric Metaxas's book, which is, uh, that was his main point. And this is great because we are pretty much out of time. Uh, first, I want to thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you for being here, Chief Inflate. That was fabulous. Thank you. It is
2: so good to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And for our listeners, a quick upcoming uh, week from today. We have a gentleman named Ammon Blair. He's with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. And I heard him give a recent talk where he's explaining the impending food shortage and supply shortage. Because I always keep reading and think, how could that be? When he's done telling you, you understand. Number one, there's no need for the shortage, but we apparently it is impending and very alarming. He's got data, explanations, and how to solve it. And Blair next week. The following week is Thanksgiving. So I hope you're all home enjoying your family and friends and thanking God for this precious country. Um, and then the last week in November is November 30th. Dr. Miriam Grossman, who's a New York City psychiatrist. And wrote the book, Lost in Transnation. And she is a powerful voice uh, among the professional community of doctors saying we cannot just tolerate, indulge in, and pretend that it's normal, uh, this transgendering of America. So there are great uh, couple shows coming up. And I again I wanna say every Thursday is like my favorite day of the week. And so I'm Grateful for the audience. Thank you for being here. Grateful for our guest today, Shivan Fleet. I'm grateful for Real News PR that uh, just is endlessly supportive of my show, of doing my show, and uh, making last-minute changes with a smile on their face as I change things all the time. Uh, and I'm also very grateful to you, our listening audience. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk. The show is called America Can We Talk. The web. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted. Sorry. The website is AmericaCanWeTalk.org. You can watch all past shows, past uh, interviews, read our blog posts, everything i have ever put out is on there, org. I, I urge you to go there join America Can we talk. You could even donate to support this show if you'd like to. Um, but I appreciate this opportunity every week uh, to talk with you, our listeners, and our audience, and our special guests. And I will make one shameless plug before we sign off. I am running for Republican National Committee woman uh, from Texas. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So if you're interested in knowing what that is and why I'm doing it, it's a very simple website to memorize, Debbie G for rnc.com so debbie d b b i e g and then the digit for rnc.com i wrote there why i'm running what the job is why i think i'm the right one what i think about every issue you can possibly imagine would love to have you check out the website Debbie, and you can just one of our flyers you can get from there but also if you love this show and would like to support my effort to be the committee woman from texas please feel free to add an endorsement on that website you can endorse there so, we're at the end of our show, actually past our end time. So, again, thank you to everyone for being here, for listening today. Um, I do this show, America Can We Talk, to speak truth about America, because America matters. And I will talk to you next time.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Hear us now? America, can we talk truth about America?